grab a drink. It's time for another episode of Off the Record, On the Rocks. Join Michael Toner and Ankarina Lara as we discuss the latest in all things Web3, AI, Metaverse, and crypto. Tune out the noise and turn up the signal as we pour ourselves into the future. Better make mine a double. VIP special access into the east wing of the White House. You can see the holiday decorations. Um, Yeah, my kids are, they're not going to have the same appreciation uh, that my wife and I have going in to do this for the very first time. These guys are, you know, six and seven years old. I'm going to be, you know, on my best behavior going into the White House and I'm expecting the same from them. I don't want any, I don't want any run in with the Secret Service. Uh, (laughs) But it'll be fascinating to see like how deep into the the, the, the belly of the beast, the tour actually goes. Cause I'm, I'm sure it is, you know, it's, it's uh, kind of a Disneyland rigged with velvet ropes in front of the rooms and that sort of thing that I get, but I still want to be like in, in the middle of the building. Uh, and maybe Jill or, or Joe will be there. Maybe one of these, I think they kicked out all the dogs. I think all the dogs got sent out. Well, major just can't stop biting people. I don't know what his problem is. He's not even an old dog. He's just real violent. Well, I mean, just remember, just if anyone asks you, if you see anybody who's in like a power suit, could be blue, could be gray, and on like nice heels, and if they start asking you questions like, oh, Mr. Toner, have you ever uh, owned a cold storage <laughs> device? Or have you ever used a VPN? The answer to both those questions is no. <laughs> I've never used a VPN, and I've never used cold Sorry, storage. What does that stand for? If you say yes to any of those things... You're, they're gonna they're gonna tackle you down right down in the atrium. Yeah. Well, if the question starts with uh, "Have you ever been involved in?" If it starts yeah. with that on anything, I'm just you know I'm gonna be really skeptical, uh, especially <laughs> if they start running my name against the extorting billions via an SEC tribunal. That one really sticks out to me from from last week's episode of Man, we are poking the bear here. Um, well, we're not only poking the we've, we've been poking the bear, we've been but poking. then but then you went to the press club, which is kind of like the bear's den adjacent, started poking, you know, Gary Gensler that bear, and then went to the Bahamas looking for Sam Bankman Fried and tried to go poke that bear in that cave, and now we're going you're going into the White House. Well, so if nothing else, if you have a, you can bring a phone, you said. So if anyone asks, have you ever been involved in just that's your cue to start recording on voice memo, yes, and just get into a conversation so we can maybe open up another show with some White House security guy trying to shake you down. If he recognizes you from our feed, that's going to be a big plus one. <laughs> big, yeah. positive, big, big positive thumbs up. I mean, full on background checks, passports for the kids. Like we had to do, do the whole nine yards. So uh should be, should be exciting way to kick off the holidays. I mean, I don't even know where to begin today. Like there's, there's a bunch to go through even in what should be this quiet period mm-hmm. heading into the Christmas holiday. Uh, I mean, still a lot of talk about AI, 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 uh, Elon going crazy, spouting off to Bob Iger, which is super interesting. Disney enters the group chat mm-hmm. uh, in a very interesting way to make that dot all the way back around to what does Disney have to do with free speech and Twitter and X and why is Elon not want their advertising money? All of that to me seems really relevant uh, to what's happening in this, in the space, in the tech space um, and also kept Elon in the news right before the Cybertruck truck announcement. Um, 
what else has been going on? Bitcoin, new all-time highs. I mean, it's on a tear. Yeah, I, mean, like, I, think, I think what you're describing is we are in that little swirl, this little sideways pool as we go before the holidays. We There was a lot of big fireworks leading up to and through Thanksgiving. We covered all that before. Um, today, just for our listeners, Monday, December 4th, we are recording after the weekend. Um, you know, two full weeks, quote unquote, uh, of work days before that funny week before the Monday Christmas where most people start taking off, you know, days somewhere in the Tuesday, Wednesday. So we're in that stretch of 10 more business days, as they say, and what could happen on top of all that Elon is, like you said, when he kind of comes ripping back into that convo, I was imagining that same way he kind of ripped in that time with Zuckerberg. And then it went from a few tit for tat tweet to X to posts to then suddenly we're like having an iron cage, like judo wrestling match. So I'm kind of hoping when he comes in, to Bob Iger and starts, you know, jawing at him. The next thing you know, we're talking about those two guys like putting on oversized like Bob Hope novelty boxing gloves and doing like a celebrity boxing match. But I was in the Bay Area this weekend and I got to send you this video. I couldn't get it out because I was too busy. But I had a cyber truck in the wild nice. pulling up alongside of it along the freeway. And apparently my sister said that they're driving them all the time up around the Bay Area. They're like, she was like not even plus. She was just like, oh, yeah, it's another one of those. And there was just some, you know, person driving and like clearly taking notes on some phone or whatever. Um, that whole – we got to get into that, of course. But then the Sam Altman news that keeps kind of peeking in and out is like now that he's a person of interest, all of a sudden there's all these questionable deals he was making. Like some of those, those you know, boardroom consistency comments that we had heard about why it was they wanted to oust him and it was all under the, the woman a toner who was all about the altruistic economics. Like that yes. was, a, was a nice, I think, storyline. But now it's kind of seeming like maybe he had done a bunch of side business deals that were in his better interests only and not for anyone else in the company and maybe didn't talk too much about it. I don't know. That's another thing there. And then on all this AI and, and, and military talk is also yeah. starting to make me very uh, nervous because we started talking about it almost jokingly when Xi Jinping came to visit San Francisco. And, uh, you know... Hey, no nukes, right? AI can't have nukes, but AI can have other things. And then all of a sudden we're learning about all those other things. And I don't think I had really grasped just how much modern military is using AI, even like present day, not even about what's coming, like what's happening right now. So to me, AI, again, it's the, it's the bell it keeps ringing, right? Yeah. Crypto, can't hear about crypto, AI, <laughs> AI, AI, just doom, doom, doom. Well, we've got to solve for this. We've got to be able to create a marketplace and if AI is an existential threat, then we've got to solve the AI first. I'll, I'll take that military piece as a jumping off point. We can kind of go through each yeah, of those. Totally. But in the days leading up to that Xi Jinping meeting, I remember it was like a Forbes article that said, like, the U.S. wants China to start talking about AI for military. I, I'd have to go back and find the headline. Yeah. But even the way it was written, it was like, we want them to start talking about this. <laughs> And now, and and in the news that you sent from uh, Business Insider, and I had seen several others, there are there are panel discussions of these, you know, uh, military chiefs up on stage talking about the use of artificial intelligence for drone technology for for tracking, um, and you know what are the implications of that? It's it's massive in terms of you know the AI doesn't miss. Which which also is kind of a, a weird one, but I'll draw a line with a lot of the marketing around the damn Cybertruck really felt uh, 
focusing in on the Tommy gun shooting bullets at this door as a marketing stunt really yeah. feels like it's driving home the existential crisis around AI and the use of military. And here comes a, here comes a solution, right? I don't know. It's a weird connection to me, but it did feel like there was an overemphasis on the uh, bulletproof nature of the truck. And I just wonder how much of that is playing into the changing use of oh, AI and military. I think a lot of it, a lot of it's playing into it. So I was at the LA Auto Show. I think we talked about this oh, two yeah. recordings ago. And the LA Auto Show, in between the two main halls, there's the West Hall and the South Hall, there's a couple other halls, there's like a concourse with a kid and a few other areas where there's like a smaller, um, you know, the smaller booths can set up. So in between areas, you usually find the custom stuff, like the really cool guys who are like lowering cars and like glowing and blah, 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 music and everything. But then if you come out to the upper area, which is outside, it has all of, and I forget there's a, a term, they don't call it bulletproofing, it's armoring. But there's an upside, there's an upstairs area where you can go and see all these armored vehicles, these aftermarket companies who are there. And this was a very full area of people getting interested. It's you like know, a full stuff. industry. You know, and one of you know, it's what you'd expect. It's like big kind of, gosh, it's like a Hummer kind of a car that's armored. And it looks like it's a tank, you know? And then they say, this is the, their whole shtick is, here's the armor that's on this crazy Hummer that we've modified. And it looks like a battle tank. Almost has everything but a turret on top, basically, right? And then it says, but the same armor is on these vehicles as you walk down the road, down the line. And there's a nice Mercedes. There's like the executive Lincoln. There's the BMW. There's all these cars that look like normal cars. Then you can kind of get up to them. They don't let you get inside of them. But I can get up and like tap on the window. You can kind of look and go, oh yeah, they really, you can see that the window was way thicker. You can see that this, and then they rate it with the kinds of guns that oh the bullets can resist. And so I remember during the Cybertruck, the Tommy gun is a certain caliber rating. I want to say it shoots like 44 Magnum slugs, right? Tommy guns, something I, powerful like that. I do remember and them specifically talking about this. They but talk I about it. So there's this ranking that showed like, okay, AR-15 and AK-47 was called like level eight or nine. And that's what this was rated at. And then it tells you the rating of number of grenades, oh my explosions it could, <laughs> it could take, take. If, you were to, if you were to roll the grenade under the car. Because I guess that's one of the main ways they these, these – uh, you know, people who are interested in killing people in armored cars <laughs> over the years figured out that shooting the bulletproof glass is not going to work. They put a grenade underneath, and oh, of course, the whole car blows up. So this was a two-grenade-rated Mercedes that I was looking at. So absolutely, when these guys are talking about Tommy guns and Cybertrucks, and when you look at the Cybertrucks, it's like a convoy of warthogs that Master Chief would be <laughs> dropping onto the halo. It looks like military. And it if, does, I, you know, and if, if the average farmer or the average uh, contractor is not going to buy a cyber truck pickup, then I would say that everything we just said uh, gives uh, it a nice runway to be sold to militaries all over the country as autonomous electric battle cars. I mean, the cyber truck, we might be seeing the testing, you know, of the weapons that are going to be coming for us in the future on our own roads today. It's a little, yeah. it's a little, it puts you back in your chair a little bit when you start thinking about it, like, why, why is everything so darn bulletproof these days? <laughs> it, it, it really is, makes you wonder. It, it is. I'm, I'm reading this article uh, from Business Insider. The Pentagon is moving toward letting AI weapons autonomously decide to kill humans. Uh, this is from Tom Porter. So it's a, it's November 22nd, but it, just talking about how the U S is among countries, um, arguing against new laws to regulate AI controlled killer drones. So 
the US, China, and others are developing so-called killer robots. Critics are concerned about the development of machines that can decide to take human lives. My connection there, back to what we're talking about, the Cybertruck, is think about, you know, we, the, the narrative for so long has been full self-driving. I had this conversation today about why is Elon always in this discussion around AI, aside from he was the seed money for Sam Altman, but the computer vision that they put into Tesla's to be able to make sure that the car doesn't hit pedestrians, doesn't kill humans. Well, you can imagine if there's technology being built in the vehicle to not do that. It's just a switch you turn it's off. Just, it's just, it's it, right. Like that makes a lot of sense that if it's capable of deciding not to hit something, then it is capable of locking in on that same target. And I don't know if you saw the same viral video I saw going around, but it was a, um, a guy doing facial tracking uh, just like you would see on a Snapchat filter, but think about the computer vision that the camera is enabling there mm. to put a put a marker on your forehead. And no matter how fast you're moving, no matter how fast you're running, no matter what direction you're turning, the AI doesn't miss. The computer is smart enough to adjust. And you have to imagine that militaries are thinking about what does that mean for modern warfare? Even if, and I heard this term, I was watching this, um, this speech of these military leaders all up on a stage. I don't even know what conference it was. It might've been here in DC. I'm not even sure, uh, but they were talking about, and they used the term, they didn't say unmanned. Uh, I, it, it wasn't an unmanned scenario, but they were talking about like a full F-16. When I talk about drones or you read this article or I just describe like letting drones use AI, everyone has a picture in your head mm -hmm. of what I just described. And it looks like a little DJI drone with four little quadcopters that can sit on your desk, right? Mm -hmm. What if that drone were the size of an F-16 jet and it just didn't have a pilot in it, but it could fly remotely just like as if it did have a pilot? Why do we need to put... Yep. No, you're Folks dead right. in harm's way. And I think that's where this is going of like, what is modern warfare? What is the battlefield? Are we in the metaverse? Is World War III already being felt fought inside of this digital first AI driven warfare? And then I've got one more to go, but I'll get your take on, uh, on that drone well, story. Imagine and getting in the car, you know, with wifey for a nice date out, you know, in my new cyber truck and I can go from eco to comfort, to off-road, to murder, to turn <laughs> off all the safety features and just have it run roughshod over the battlefield as we get ourselves out to, you know, go for a night for some pasta. No, I'm kidding. Um, it, so I'll take it one step further really quick. But like you said, when you hear AI and drone, everyone thinks there's some kid with the goggles and they got the little double controller, like the uh, Xbox controller. Right. And you hear the sound up in the air. And we know these things like the Reapers are kind of like little planes. Sometimes they have the quadcopter, sometimes they fly. And then these missiles come out of nowhere and blow things up. AI in the battlefield, and there's an article I just caught this morning, and I sent it to you just now, is that uh, Israel is employing an AI that they refer to. And this is where I'm, I'm not going to make no commentary on anything I'm about to say. Uh, besides just de detailing the facts as I read them. But the military in Israel is using an AI GPT type tool that's referred to as the gospel. And the gospel has data points being fed into it about the movement of Hamas fighters all around these areas. Being trained in real time. And it's, they're training in real time because apparently the, what's happened was well, there's all this collateral damage and the Israeli government is positioning this like this is to prevent collateral innocent damage. 
how's that work? Well, in the old days, if we started to shoot a rocket, well, then all of the enemy fires would go underground and then we can't see them. So now we don't know where we're shooting. So now we end up hitting innocent people. So how do we solve that problem? Well, if we use AI that can track via satellites, via drone footage, via people's like real live check-ins on technology, because these are people running around doing stuff that they can identify more real time where all these enemy combatants are. And the statistic that was so dark and bizarre is like, we, we used to be able to target reliably a hundred targets in a year in terms of where we knew that these, that the high level, you know, Hamas lieutenants were hiding today. We can do a hundred a day. Mm. That was this guy's big, like quote. And I, I couldn't even believe as I was reading it because even the name of it, just everything about it, it's, it, it's, it's showing you that while we are in our, you know, out of one side of our mouth talking about how we are hoping to start to have conversations with China about AI and military. That's how, you know, it's like, no, every, all these guys have been talking about this for like the last 10 years. Maybe they didn't call it AI back then. They called it high tech, whatever, but now it's, it's currently being employed. And now suddenly it almost feels like maybe people feel it's okay to talk about it now because it's now something that's in everybody's mind is AI. Whereas this is the, wasn't like, this is brand new today. And like yeah. this giant article hits so like, oh, hey, we've been, you know, it's like, oh, wow, they really are using killer robots, like you say. And then it's a matter of time before the police in your neighborhood have it. And there'll be little bots driving around, you know, serving you lunch, but they might have a gun mounted on them. Who knows? Or I'm ordering my my Chinese food from the Panda Express AI in the drive-thru. You sent me that <laughs> link as well, right? Like this, when you say that the, now we're comfortable talking about it, I go to kind of my... Um, you know, anthropologic AI technology mindset, or just AI, just let me rephrase that, like studying technology and AI is this next generation of this. And yeah, there's now language to use. We, we talked about this in one of the last episodes of like mm-hmm. training models and LLMs and all these things that are almost like repeating. These aren't new. Or we're talking about like retrieving data. Well, isn't that search? Like, what's the difference? We're just talking about it differently. It's, it's, there's now a, a framework to have a consumer grade discussion around AI, whether that's ordering food, whether that's creating business plans with GPTs, or whether that's dropping bombs on other countries. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that shows you just how pervasive and how important, you know, rules and regulations and government. Uh, you know, politicians starting to now talk about uh, the use of, of AI. One of the other things that came up, and I'm gonna, I got to find this interview. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Uh, this with these military folks on the panel talking about AI, they started to talk about quantum computing, and and layered on this whole other layer. When you when you reference that you could move from 50 targets a year to or 100 targets a year to 100 targets a day. You know, think about quantum computing and the scale and the speed uh, that you could now calculate anything for that matter. And they went, they started talking about encryption um, and how quantum computing uh, coupled with modern warfare raises this whole other discussion around uh, access and encryption. Think about like, we joke, I'll say we joke, but people, when I reference the suitcase you know, that stays with the president at all times, you know what I'm talking about. Like that's a known mm-hmm. thing. Well, why is that? It's almost like a seed phrase. It's almost like the code, right? It is essentially, it's the keys. Uh, 
gosh, I'm going to this whole crazy place in my head now. Are you, talk, you, are see, you talking about both of us turning our seed phrases at the same time and <laughs> accidentally firing a nuke? Is that what we're saying? We're right. We, we that control that that self custody. When the moment you then layer on artificial intelligence with quantum computing, the ability to decrypt something becomes exponentially easier. If I need to just run 50 billion permutations of the seed phrase against it, I could do that like pretty mm -hmm. quickly, right? The computer could do that and guess the code. That's wild. It just changes the game of, of modern warfare. Well, it's and it certainly ch changes the game of encryption, right? I mean, if you're, what we're saying is quantum computers, quantum computing is going to usher in an entire new era of effectively like super ciphers that can go back. I mean, you would expect the newest tech should crack the oldest safe combos, right? Like the Yeg and the counterfeiter are always one step ahead of the mint and the banks. So if that's true, then I think, look, business ideas, everyone who's a listener should sign my NDA. Um, <laughs> you cannot do this before me, but it sounds like if you're in the business and wanting to make a defensible new interesting company in the next five years, figuring out how to make encryption and privacy and bringing it back around to all the things that we talk about when it pertains to technology and say families and kids and importance of data and protection online and everything else, as much as we are so excited about these, you know, nanosecond computations that eclipse the, comput the com computation of an entire 10 year decade, you know, in what's less than a second, if you're telling me that's what's coming. Then it sounds to me like we have an opportunity to have an equally robust response for will in what are the protections that we're going to build? How is my password safe if, you know, Johnny Quantum can just pull it out of a hat within three seconds? Um, that There's going to need to be a commensurate build on both sides of this. Otherwise, the criminals are going to run away with the spoon. I mean, it's, it's going to be very leaning too far forward, not shoring up all of our current tech. I mean, as it is, Target can't keep 30 million Americans' data safe. Right. And it's not like, <laughs> it's not like Target's doing anything super outrageous. They're just selling shampoo. You know, we're now we're talking about, you know, deciding if drones should be flying over your town, shooting missiles into a house that they think someone bad is in that's right next door to yours. These are the same jobs, but apply two different ways. It's uh, That's the part where I think we're, we are, we're not really thinking it through all the way. We, we like these talking points, but we everyone sort of casually jokes, like you said, like, oh, well, at least it's not controlling nukes. But there's a lot of other really bad things that could be going on that it's controlling that are short of a nuke. Yes. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's crazy. The last episode, I know we went to this crazy <laughs> dystopian, you know, darkness. dystopian place. It feels like we're going there again, maybe because we started with the military side of it. But um, it is, it's wild to think about the, the, the changing dynamics here. We haven't even gotten to the crypto, you know, side of things, but I'll, I'll try to shift us there, which is or to maybe say, let's peel us from this into just some, some, let's go back to the big companies. Then we'll let's end with crypto because if we talk, you just said modern warfare, that should have been my cue because modern warfare three just launched and it's the biggest game on Xbox and they're making tons of money, Microsoft. So Microsoft, they're not Halliburton, right? <laughs> they're not Northrop Grumman. They're not selling actual munitions an ordinance and using it in the real world. But as it happens, they are selling digital ordinance to millions of gamers. This is my little bridge. Hopefully it works into the modern warfare metaverse that Microsoft now fully owns. And remember, if you're in the business of testing AI, hopefully before you would roll it out, 
and you're in the business of testing AI that could be applied to military programs, what a better place, Sammy Altman and OpenAI, to come over here next to me, Satya Nadella and Microsoft, and over here next to all these guys who, well, their chairs are empty. They recently jumped ship from Activision, but see you later. We have all these other guys over here at Call of Duty, and we're going to test AI in the metaverse in a war environment. And then we'll report back to the government about what works and what doesn't. So I feel like now, I mean, gosh, Bob Iger, Satya Nadella, Elon Musk. I mean, I feel like Elon Musk, the only person he has controlled lately has been Microsoft. But he clearly has his hands on the lapels of a few other people. And he's been he's been trolling Sam Altman. He's been trolling now Bob Iger. Like, talk to me about some of that. I know you've been following that a lot more closely. I, I'm just still like, yes, I, I'm still processing <laughs> I this. I dystopian military brain. I'm trying. But but it still went back there too. To like, I know. They've got the, the training ground for uh, for this environment. I mean, yeah, it's, it's – and then if you have that training ground and you wanted to run every permutation of every possible outcome based on these criteria, you would run an AI through some – you know, supercomputer, and you'd be able to predict how, what the outcome is. If this happens, if that happens, every every permutation could then be uh, game played. You know, gamified, gamified, <laughs> exactly. Which is just wild to think that 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 may be well, what's hey, happening. Spo- spoiler alert: America always wins in all <laughs> the simulations. <laughs> otherwise, people will stop playing the game. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So I'm going to bring us to speaking of America and on the global scale, a couple of things caught my attention. Uh, Bukele talking oh. about their their holdings are now in the black. So here we'll go to the positive side of decentralization, right? of de-dollarization in some ways. Um, he's coming out saying now with this new all-time high that they're up, whatever it is. It was a small number. I think it was like he's made like $3 million in profit, but they're in the black based on the number – uh, of of Bitcoin that they own, and then I saw MicroStrategy oh, um, buying another big tranche of Bitcoin. I forget what they're now up to in terms of the holding. What wasn't it like a hundred and fifty million Bitcoins? I, I'm gonna look. It, it was a, it was an insane number of Bitcoins. MicroStrategy <laughs> buys five hundred and ninety three million in Bitcoin, may raise oh. up to seven hundred and fifty million in new stock sale. So okay, they're accumulating I was a high on that, but yeah, they're accumulating big. And, and I think Bukele might have even used the word "uptober" in one of his his posts, nice. which is like a for, for those who don't know, "uptober" is like a crypto, you know, lunatic term for that. I guess in the history of crypto, the value on October one has always been lower than on Halloween. So if you buy on the first and just hold until on Halloween, you're going to be up somehow. But he was even talking about October, and that's also on the heels we mentioned of the Argentinian, the new president, who's basically all for this. And Bukele, for those who don't remember, El Salvador was a, is a country that is beginning to leverage its natural resources and its unique sort of topography for the purpose of, of mining Bitcoin. And what's, what is that? Well, they have more active volcanoes than anywhere. And they have these crazy hydro plants set up where water flows in so the magma creates steam, turns turbines, mines Bitcoin. <laughs> and so like being in the black, I mean, think about that. I don't think it's every day that a Central or South American country comes out on social media talking about how they're not in debt. Like that's like, that's like a really big deal. It's wild, considering right? the, the World Bank and the IMF love keeping these guys in debt. So that's a huge deal. I mean, honestly, Bukele and the Argentinian guy whose name I forget right now, these guys better stay safe. I want them buying up them bulletproof BMWs and everything else because these guys are 
I mean, come on, guys. Stay safe. Talk about self-custody of your money. I went to a place with, like, self-custody of your protection, of your, like, you. I don't know. This is a crazy one. We'll have to take it another time. But, like, at what point, then, does the privatization of security, the decentralization of, like, protection of American citizens? Today, that's a centralized function, right? Yeah. There's, there's a centralized function who's responsible, and that cascades down down to your, your local police and fire department. At what point... <laughs> Am I going to have to like have a subscription, you know, that's validated through my decentralized wallet that shows I've paid my taxes, that shows that I'm eligible for these services based on my contribution? I mean, that's a wild place to get to of what these new technologies, what AI, what decentralized crypto, Web3, and this this concept of uh, self-custody could lead to if you keep going down that path that you would need to buy your own armored vehicle to protect your own assets. You're, you are now the bank. You are now in charge of your own stuff. You own the keys, you, your crypto, your security, your privacy, your data. Hot take, this might be the beginning. We might have just called, you might have just called the beginning of the collapse of the entire insurance industry. There isn't gonna be an insurance industry. You're not gonna be able to buy fire insurance. You're gonna buy a subscription to the fire department. You're not gonna be able to buy flood insurance. You're buying a prescription. I guess also to the fire department. <laughs> You're not going to be able to buy, you know, uh, medical insurance. You have to have a subscription to be a part owner, an Airbnb of a hospital bed. Like if you don't have this subscription that says it's yours, you have a piece of paper that says you can maybe be covered if there's enough resources. Like that doesn't sound very convincing anymore. I think yeah. what you described, take your own ownership. You're, you become your own bank. You become your own lattice work of local and regional resources of what you need. And, and to, to me, there is a kind of a beautiful uh, efficiency in that. I know that may be counterintuitive <laughs> and maybe get some folks upset and I, and somebody tell me when I'm wrong, but there's a beautiful efficiency of like, I don't have to pay for things I don't want or don't need, or um, it's a fascinating way to yeah, look ever at again. It. And by the way, if everyone's using the same money, Gosh, doesn't it make everything even more simple? Because the value doesn't ever have to get, you know, converted, or there's, there's no boutique of money changers required across any level from the guy down the street to the, you know, J.P. Morgan. Well, um, I think this is part of this discussion happening right now. Bitcoin breaking above forty-two thousand currently. So I mean, we went from, you know, we started the week here at below forty, maybe even lower than that to to hit what is now a all-time high for the year, right? Like I'm, I'm just for trying the year, to... I think it's 67, 68 last year before FTX cratered. Yeah. yeah. So, so passing the 42, my point there is, you know, this is co being covered on CNN. I'm looking right now, five hours ago, Bitcoin hits highest level in 18 months as investors gear up for ETF approval. Um, <laughs> Wall Street Journal. Hey, buy the rumor, sell the news. <laughs> I mean. I love that. Like, gosh, it's 42. Get in now all you can because we're so excited for the ETF. Watch that thing dip. I mean, look, that thing popped because we just said those two giant whales just purchased a ton of Bitcoin. Like, that's yeah. why, you know, for anyone who wants to know how these markets work on a very simple level, if no one's doing anything, it stays flat. And then as soon as someone starts to sell a whole bunch, the price goes down. As soon as someone buys a whole bunch, the price goes up. So whenever you see the excitement in the market, is it really the excitement in the market? Or is it Michael Saylor, Jeff Bezos, and one other clown just buying a whole bunch to load up? And that's well, what artificially pops it. We, I don't know. We, we haven't talked about our, our total switch in 
the world power dynamics. We may have talked a little bit about this, but you got Henry, uh, you got Kissinger. Oh, Kissinger, you, Munger. You've got Charlie Munger. Talk about when you when you just said like when more people buy, you know the the, the price goes up. When more people are selling, the price goes down. That's that's the that's the Berkshire Hathaway way, which is when others are being greedy, you should be fearful, and when others mm-hmm. are fearful, you should be greedy. So finding that balance right now is super interesting because I can tell you I've had my I've been dollar cost averaging in and I'm, I can tell you honestly, in the past seven days, I've gone back and looked and that was the best strategy for me because there's moments here in the past seven days where I'm like trigger happy, ready to buy a bag because I see it going <laughs> up and I'm having to hold myself back and I'm you know not financial advice, but because I'm watching this all time high on the year, but you know, again, it sounds like if, if AI got the narrative around Thanksgiving, it feels like Bitcoin is about to get a Christmas present. It feels mm. like we're flying into the holidays here. The Fed is easing back on interest rates. You're seeing the market explode. You're seeing CNN cover a new all-time high. Even the, the headline I just read, it said, uh, Bitcoin tops 42 as crypto market recovers to pre-Terra Luna levels. I mean, even the They're narrative even citing Terra Luna levels because they can't say pre FTX levels yet because it's not. At, you know what I mean? They're like they're using their markers to show. Right. Remember when we helped get those gone. criminals? We're back to that. Then they're going to be like new all time high since Voyager, new all high time high since FTX. And they're going to keep telling you, reminding you. Remember we were fixing all the broken stuff. Now, like I, I like it. Look, I'm just paranoid because, like you say, we all know when we say buy the, you know. By the rumor, sell the news. It's like if, if CNN is saying it, you're already probably too late. Right? Yeah. There's something we don't know because the big guys have already come in. But that, on, that's sort of one thought process I have. There's other thoughts to bring it back to the crypto world. Like we, we've been tracking these ETF, spot ETF approval windows. And we pulled up the graphic from the SEC website well before a lot of these other outlets even started showing it which is interesting. Yes. It's a little star, a little feather in the hat. I'm <laughs> off the record here. But they start showing that. And so we know, we're looking at it thinking, okay, well, why is why would they approve it in any of these windows until the last window? Because they don't have any incentive to do so, right? Right. If, if, you, if you approve it all too quick, well, then maybe Gary Gensler's job is, is, is threatened. Or if you approve it all too quick, maybe you leave your best friends out who can't buy into it. So we know it kind of is all steering towards April and all these dates lining up in April, everyone from Sam Bateman Freed to CZ from Binance to Trump's going to be in court to the halvening happening for crypto and Bitcoin, all this stuff. So we know it's kind of careening towards that. So part of my, am I reading the tea leaves right? And I think I am brain is if the government wants to make retail investors, AKA the American public really excited about the spot Bitcoin ETF, then the stories they have to keep telling between now and April have to be good ones. It, it, we, it, it, while in the old days, I would think, okay, there's obviously going to be a, a flash sell cratering, like just one more crazy flash more sell while we're not reg- we're not 100% regulated right until Jan 1, 2025. So we have this funny window where we can kind of be crazy. What if some insane person like Musk comes out before Christmas announcing how he no longer believes in Bitcoin and he's selling all of his Bitcoin and it just craters the price just so him and all his pals can go in and get it cheap. Barring something quite like that, I just believe the narrative should be like you're saying. You said, better since Terra Luna, better since this disaster, better since this disaster. The story is building, 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 building. And then you get to April and they're like, ha, ah, look. 
We've been telling you. It's worth $100,000. So it makes it really easy for you to do the math. Do you have $5? Well, you have this much of a Bitcoin. Oh, now we all get it. And like, like I feel like they want to lead us to simple math. But I just wonder, because you can't control Elon. You can't, can't control some of these guys. They want to, but they can't. So I'm, I'm just... Yeah, I think you're right. Hold, don't don't be trigger happy. Something, yeah. Something's in the in the air. I think that's something's right. In the water. <laughs> Knowing standard mark, market dynamics, I don't you know not financial advice. I know I've told you I've been looking at Elliott Wave principle and and some of these theories that talk about like market trends of like how people move in terms of a uh, uh, peer pressure, frankly, of like watching what other people are doing and then making decisions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That would indicate that yes, that that before we get to uh, another all-time high that there would be another dip and to stay patient again i'll go back to i like my prediction here of it does seem like sam altman stole the thanksgiving narrative to me at least here as we start december in the first uh the first week of december this bitcoin narrative is heating up big time uh i also coinbase just put out a banger of a commercial i don't know if you saw this one another no, heavy hitting television commercial break the cycle update the system and they take a straight up emotional approach to the broken system of you know very similar to what we saw in their last banger of a commercial where they talked about the ACH transactions and waiting 5 to 7 days and the oh, uh, yes. the truck driving the cash around they they take that to the next levels worth checking out I'll send you the link but that to me again Coinbase another player in this uh this us friendly crypto market coming to bear of i would i would see i would not be surprised if you you start seeing more and more coinbase commercials start to ramp up we're getting into college football season or for bowl games like you know is coinbase going to be running some big tv ads during these sporting events to get that uh you know that 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 everyday retail investor to go and open up a coinbase account and start looking at what they have I heard this narrative the other day, um, like you can't afford to not have any crypto. It, actually, it was from, uh, we got to give a shout out to Gentlemen of Crypto. So, yes. uh, I mean, thank you. You tell the story, but it was on the show. I was watching when you gave the shout out for, for our show, for Off the Records. He was talking about like, look, uh, it was one of the guests he had on. It was like, you, you can't afford to not have any. Like if yeah. you're if you're sticking your head, I, I will call this financial advice, and I will get get the DOJ on me. But if you <laughs> don't have even a dollar worth, five dollars worth, like why would you be sticking your head in and saying no, 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 no? Why why wouldn't you want to at least try it, learn about it, experiment with it, buy buy five dollars worth of crypto? But uh, yeah, gentlemen of crypto deserve the shout out for you. Yeah, you can't afford to not have that. any. You got to have some. And also the part about it that's, that's crazy is that the people who talk like they do and then they don't, like they don't have any, like it's yeah. just part of that. It, it's just, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing paradox, but it's something that it's like, it's like the narrative. People understand of, of, it. People, I think people, people it's understand. Like, in order to understand, you got to be in and a little bit, like you said, and your dollar cost averaging is right. That's the right way to do it. Don't go buying it big, buying pieces like that. Um, and, you know, one other thing, I think I, I caught you, uh, I didn't get a chance to send it to you, but like some of the team, uh, has been because I checked in with the team up in uh, the Bay Area this week. Has been checking in with a reInvent, which is Amazon's big event that just happened in Las Vegas. It was this past week, um, and a lot of you know th their big opportunity to do their show and talk about their technology. And one of the interesting things I thought was not a lot of talk, overt talk about AI. 
not a lot of overt talk about really anything except for optimizing existing systems that they've launched even you know, many years ago now. So like the big news was how fast things are and how optimized they are, but not necessarily how new they are. And when you talk about, you know, if you don't have a dollar, if you're not even in it a little bit, like, are you even a part of the conversation for real? And I found that same parallel to Amazon in this case, unfortunately, where it's like, well, right now it feels like you got to have something about AI or even a, a halfway position. Because if you don't, how could you possibly be talking about it? And or even a part of like this new wave where you're powering the current internet, right? Amazon, Netflix, Google, um, you know, Apple, Meta, et cetera, running all these pages. And yet this is not a conversation you're entering. But what I did see them talking about was about, you forwarded to me the note, but I, I was my head of engineering showed me, was Amazon is aligning itself with the Polygon network. That we've we've I, known this for a while, though. We, I mean, we, we knew covered this a, almost but, a year but ago. This, but this is them finally coming out and saying it. And I, he said it to me, and I was like, yeah, but this is not new. This is Amazon reInvent. And not only is there no AI, there's a story about Polygon from a year ago. Yeah. And that made me wonder, like, I just don't know. Is Are we looking for something really big out of Amazon? Or is Amazon becoming more of the life commodity that we all know and love? And like really what Amazon is doing is trying to fire rockets up in the air with William Shatner or whatever. I'm trying to figure out really where they are now going to play in this web three space beyond just running the, 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 the bits and bytes through the pipes. Well, imagine the moment that they can put, you know, developers could build on AWS using Polygon, which is what that article was. I come back to my hypothesis, my theory that blockchain and AI are going to be inseparable. So maybe instead of them starting with the AI narrative, they're going to start with the scalable digital product passport narrative. Put every product mm. you sell in your entire you know, ERP system. If you've got 1 million permutations of those shoes that you sell, then you've got to have a developer code out that product catalog inventory, put it into your sales system. And by the way, you could build that whole thing using our new Polygon APIs. And the moment <laughs> you do that... You don't even, then it's just tick the box that says, do you want to run the AI algorithm to keep track of all this stuff? Because once it's on the blockchain, once it's on Polygon, it's, it's, it's indexable data. It's readable information that the, mm. that the algorithm could just go and pull back. Who bought it? How many did they buy? Who did they sell it to? Um, what was the price point? What currency did they buy it? All the metadata that you would then get, that becomes the... That that is the next that that's the afterthought. That's the tick the box. And yeah, I want that upsell. But first you gotta build everything on the blockchain, put it on Polygon, then we'll run the AI algorithm later. Ooh, I love it. I love that take. I mean, and then hey, right, next year, get ready. Uh GPT marketplace as a service. Right? We just saw OpenAI just kicked, they punted the marketplace into next year, citing leadership confusion. But I'm wondering if everyone's coming in and being, hey, wait a second, you're about to make a marketplace of GPTs and give them to everybody? We're going to talk about this a little bit before we do that, uh, Mr. Nadella. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Mr. Bezos and Mr. Nadella are actually going to be involved in figuring out how to man that. Because if you can't get the GPTs to anyone and they can't run, you know that would be a real great way to go get AWS as a consumer. Like right now, AWS is sold to businesses and small and big. But what if AWS's next move is real far down market? powering the GPTs that every single Amazon customer will require 
But, It'll be trained on your buying history and your internet history. Well, but but when you said you're waiting for like for Amazon to like step into that AI game, that's the approach I see, which is like I'm in my shopping app and it's showing me all the stuff I've searched for that I haven't bought. You know, there's this Nikon camera that I've been I put in my shopping cart four or five times and it keeps popping up like that. That suggestion algorithm that that commerce has been known for of like tracking you around. That's the that's the simple version. Um, mm. But I could see yeah, them applying. Right the AI to that, that sort of programmatic learning about, I mean, all of this makes so much sense to me. I remember when Amazon made the button, that was like the marketing gimmick, like to order paper towels, right? You could just put the button right beside your paper towel dispenser and you click the button when you need that, that product and hands off, don't have to think about it anymore. Well, what's the next iteration of that? It's, it's, you don't have to even press the button. It just knows. I mean, some of this is, <laughs> it's, 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 it's wild to think about all of these things have been said before of like, shouldn't it just know to reorder me more paper towels or it knows that it always takes me seven, seven days to use my supply of, of whatever, you know, of milk in the house. Like eventually the algorithm could just see those buying patterns and make suggestions to you. A lot of this is already happening. I think what we're describing is the scalability, the accessibility to small to medium sized companies to small development shops. So that AWS doesn't have to be, you know, that, that kind of technology could be deployed at a, at a small local coffee shop that just wants to get to know how often their customers come in today. That's, you know, Starbucks has access to AWS, but my, my local, you know, uh, coffee roaster down the street, they don't have that kind of data, but they could, they, sh they maybe should, if they want to survive, in this new AI driven world where all of their loyalty programs need to be on blockchain and <laughs> bang, bang. I and mean, all. I think that that's what you, I think you nailed it. Actually. It, it was, what's odd to me is that like we talk about Apple, they change the narrative. They don't use the buzzwords everyone else uses. They, they find their own in all their speeches. They never even say AI. They don't want to confuse you or even, they don't even want really you to think that they're a technology company. They want you to think that they're a lifestyle or entertainment company. Oh, Google, they love throwing the AI around. You know, other guys love it, Meta. But what's interesting about Amazon, you know, all weights and measures, yeah, it's commerce and stuff, but it's a tech company. And guess what? They're smart as well, not throwing around the words everyone else is using. And they're going to use their own language to describe what you just said. And maybe this is a good opportunity for me to go uninstall all the webcams I hooked up in my fridge so I could have alarm set to see if my uh, fruit was... Uh, rotting <laughs> there's a better way there's a better way more efficiency uh i'm gonna leave it there unless you've got any final projections heading into these next couple weeks of of the holidays no i think i'll talk to you next week i have some interesting let's focus next week on privacy and on the new on, on the way social media is going to be uh i think redefined in 2024 i think 2024 is the year that social media gets a, a, a an upgrade let's just say that's what I'm you, looking forward to. Social 3.0. You heard it here first. Uh, we'll do it again next week. Great talking to you, Michael. That's all the time we have for this episode of Off the Record, On the Rocks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. See you next time for more news and all things crypto and Web3.